and warm trouble kids present with bad news media it is the college football betting preview week four edition as always i am your host nate and we've got some great games this week folks this is the college football week we've all had circled on our calendars we've been looking forward to it right now we're coming in the season 12 and 6 in college football nice 67 win percentage um which is nice we like to see that here. We're going to try to roll that into this week. Last week, you know, first losing week, three and four, not great. We got a little overzealous with a, a bad board. Um, but this week provides a lot of opportunities, a lot of great games to to go ahead and, and break down today. If you haven't already, make sure you're subscribed. We have a great NFL podcast out today as well, breaking down every single NFL game. Went 2-0 and in the Thursday night slot. We're now 5-1 and on Thursday night, which is great. We're sitting at 50% right now, though, in total for the NFL. Hoping to get better as the season goes. It's hard those first couple of weeks. No excuses, but just kind of putting it out there. Um, but, folks, we've we've got a great one this week. Um, An insane slate of games that we're going to go ahead and, and dive into here. Um, up front, right off the bat, Florida State, Clemson. It is a 12 uh, noon kickoff. Line is at one and a half over under is sitting at 55 currently. And this is this is an interesting game. Um, we've been very on point with kind of Clemson's downfall, very vocal about it. Um, but this is sort of an opportunity where Clemson might might get a little something going. Um, it's kind of good on good and bad on bad. And what I mean by that is you've got a good Clemson defense against a good FSU offense. And then the two weak points for these teams are, you know, Clemson's offense versus FSU's defense. So it's, it's kind of interesting um, and how that's going to play out. We, we saw a BC game in Florida state that I think is dampering the market a little bit on Florida state. Didn't look particularly great. You know, there are some question marks around potential illnesses going on. Um, There's rumors of a, a flu kind of making its way through the team. We saw Travis, you know, not have the greatest game. Was that holding things back? Was it, you know, just a, a bad game? He hurts his non-throwing shoulder. That one I'm not too concerned about. You know, you can kind of shoot that up, play through it this week, and then you get a bye next week, and then you get Virginia Tech the week after that. This is kind of the must-win game, must-show out. The ceiling is pretty high, though, for Florida State in this offense. What we've seen when this team is rolling is six straight scoring drives to end that LSU game. Um, and they're going to be going up against a Clemson defense that lacks some things to be desired in that secondary. I think up front, Clemson is is solid. They're not elite like they used to be, but they're solid. Um, in this FSU offensive line, there was hopes they were going to be a little bit better given the continuity they had uh, coming back uh, and making that jump this year. This is going to be a test for them. They got to get going here. They've got to put up and get some good push there to allow the weapons of Florida State to really kind of pop today. You know, we we talked a lot about Mike Norvell finally having kind of a full arsenal. You know, he went out, recruited the tight end position. They've got good talent at the wide receiver spot. Great quarterback play, good running back stable. So this is a this is a, a real big test for Clemson's defense, a real mile marker for them as to how they are going to continue to look post Prent Ventivals. Um, and then when you flip the side of the ball, there are some opportunities, I think, for Clemson. But the problem is, and we've talked about this, is the wide receiver room is just it's bare. 
like it's really bare. We are used to seeing guys in that room. I mean, people that you could really kind of throw the ball up to and and have faith that they're going to come and get it. Um, it, it's been a strong point for for Clemson in the past. Right now, not so much. Um, and that that is concerning because if you're going to take advantage of this FSU defense, you got to be able to push the ball down the field. I think right now the way the game is trending, it, it's virtually going to a pick 'em. I'm on Florida State as of right now. Yes, they're headed in into Death Valley, but it's a day game. That's completely different than night. I do think Norvell's kind of held some things back. We, I view LSU as a much better team uh, than Clemson. I don't think that's crazy to say, but especially defensively. So I think FSU is going to have some opportunities to really take advantage of this Clemson team. And, and I'm rocking with FSU. I think they're going to continue to roll, but it's going to be a tough game. And the other thing you got to factor here is the markets have been, the look ahead line was about three. It's gone down to two and a half. Now it's at one and a half. One thing that people maybe not have picked up on is Clemson has some real issues with their kicking game. They've had to kind of call the the backup kicker uh, the last two years who is in grad school right now, was not on the team this season so far. They pulled him out of retirement because there's been some real kicking issues. So it's not great if you're expecting a close game and your kicker situation is in question. Um, so that's something to look for. But I, I do like Florida State in that matchup. The matchup that's going to have everybody's attention. The talk of the town, Colorado versus Oregon. Line is set at 21 and a half over under 70 and a half. And folks, this is where rubber meets the road. There is a there has been a lot of hype on Colorado. I I think I may have come off a bit of a, a hater of Colorado and that's the furthest thing from the truth. I like what Dion's doing. This team is exciting and fun. The problem I have is when we are hyping them up so much that we're we're losing a fair baseline assessment as I just hit the mic for this team. And that leads to people putting out future bets for the win the national championship and the Pac-12 conference. And it, that's just not going to happen. There is concerns we talked about in, in the preseason. You know, we need to give them credit. They have exceeded expectations. Um, but when we look at this team, there are holes. We talked about lack of depth. That's really going to be on display this week. Travis Hunter went down, something we talked about um, in the preseason around his kind of physique and whether or not he would be able to sustain a full season with the usage he was getting and, and truly being a true both ways player. Um, and he unfortunately gets hurt on an extremely dirty play late hit. No questions about it, but this was something we had concerns about. And it's super unfortunate to see him out for this stretch of games by no means people are acting like this. These games shouldn't even count with him. This is football folks. Guys are going to get injured. Things are going to happen. Travis spoke to this. Dion has spoken to this. You all going after the Blackburn kid and, and sending death threats is just ridiculous. Um, but Travis Hunter's he's a special player. We want to see him in these types of games. We want to see what he can do against higher competition. Um, I hope that moving forward, the strength coach and, and Dion get a hold of him and, and really kind of try to bulk him up a little bit here to, to protect him a little bit better. I hope that there is a real look into his usage going both ways, but that the reason they have to rely on him on so much is because there is a lack of depth here. Um, the only reason Colorado is really hanging around is because you have an NFL prospect in Shadur Sanders. I mean, he is a bona fide top five, top three quarterback prospect for the NFL. Like if you were to come out this year, I know Dion has said that he's probably not going to, he's not going to be leaving this season. He'll be returning 
all that kind of stuff. But without him, this team sticks. I mean, the offensive line gets zero push up front. Defensive line is a disaster. This defense gets scored on in bunches with with Travis or Travis Hunter down and only really having Shiloh Sanders as, as a real kind of linchpin to this defense. There's a lot of concerns. Like Oregon's going to put up some points. This is not, I don't believe this to be a winnable game. I'm sticking my, my name on this part. Oregon's not winning or Colorado's not winning this game. Could they cover the 21 number though? That's an interesting point. I think, you know, some of the things that we look at, Dion's been very vocal, you know, in all games leading up to it about respect and kind of taking things personally. There hasn't been as much conversation about that. I feel like that might be a leading indicator because he knows what's about to come down the pipeline here. Um, this Colorado team, we said it at the beginning, four to five win team. I think that's still the fair expectation. They beat market expectation. They are ahead of the game. Dion is going to get this figured out. This is going to be a legit program kind of wherever he goes, but he needs to stay long enough to be able to really get the beef up front to get the recruits in because it's, it's really hard to find good offense alignment in the portal because good offense alignment are either going to the NFL or they're staying at their elite universities. Um, so it's really hard to find those guys. You got to recruit them and bring them in. He's done a great job at the skill positions. Um, there's talent there, but it, this isn't going to be pretty folks. We got a Bo Nix at home. It, it just, it is what it is. Um, I don't have a pick on the spread. I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that Colorado can cover 21 points, but it's, I mean, folks, when you take, there's a good exercise you can run about the, the offense and defensive line play, take rushing yards, average rushing yards versus on offense and average rushing yards allowed on defense, net them together. Colorado is 131 out of 133 schools. It's, it's just, it's not good folks. The line play is, it's just not there to sustain. You're going to play Oregon, USC, Utah, Oregon state, Washington. Like these are all going to be tough, tough games to win, even with Travis Hunter in there. So this is kind of where this isn't being a hater. This is being realistic about this team. Dion is awesome for the sport. He's going to continue to provide really fun, entertaining teams to watch going forward. It's going to get better, but this is where we, where the dream kind of falls short. UCLA, Utah line is at five and a half over under 52 and a half. It's already moving up folks. And I think that's the indication that people believe cam rising is coming back this week. This was the week that they kind of circled on the calendar for him to come back. It makes this team much, much different because you actually have a viable passing threat with him in there, which should open up the line play, but UCLA is no slouch here. This is a team starting a true freshman, but has an opportunity to be truly explosive. Like chip Kelly, people say he's washed. The game is passing him by. I'm not buying it. This is going to be a really exciting team to watch moving forward. Um, because of the young quarterback play and what Trip Kelly could do to develop him. This is a team, circle it now, two, three years down the line. We're going to be talking a lot about UCLA. There's an opportunity to be here, explosive. Taking a sip of my coffee. Um, Utah's defense, you know, there's been a floor established that they're always going to kind of be good, but I've been a little bit not as impressed with this team. I can't. 
let's see what Cam looks like his first game back. If this is the spot he's going to come back, they haven't released it yet, which I think is smart. Um, because you know, now you got to prepare for multiple quarterbacks. You don't know who the starting quarterback is going to be. Uh, but UCLA has an opportunity to kind of open it up and be very ex- explosive. And so I would not be surprised if they cover the five, um, but I- I'm not betting it. I'm staying away from it right now. I haven't placed a wager on that game. Uh, Old Miss versus Alabama line is at seven over under 52 and a half. And folks, this, this is a fun one. This there's a lot of matchups within the matchups. You got Pete golden. Now the defensive coordinator at Old Miss, former Alabama defensive coordinator. And why is that important? Well, even though Alabama has a new offensive coordinator and Tommy Reese, it's the Saban offense. Like this is, this is one of those rare things where when normally when you bring in an offensive coordinator, they kind of have a little bit more cachet as to what, what the offense looks like. That's not the case. Tommy Reese is learning Saban's offense and then bringing it in from the offensive coordinator position. And so Pete Golden, he kind of knows some things. Now Saban will throw a couple wrinkles in here. Don't get it twisted, but there's some known things. Now the question now becomes, can Ole Miss, even though they kind of know what's coming for them down the pipeline, can they stop it? Milrose is going to play. That's the right, the right call. Um, Last week, I th- we, there were rumblings that Alabama players were not happy with the quarterback decision. And I think the best thing that could have happened for this this Alabama team was to not start him um, and to, to sh- kind of show Tyler Buckner and Ty Simpson are not the guys. Um, and and Jalen Milrow is the guy to go with here. He offers some explosive opportunities down the field. Look, if you're going to have him line up and try to be a methodical quarterback and pick things apart and, you know, slowly drive down the field, that's not really his game. Um, he offers an, an explosive side to the back end. Um, and you've got to start to take your shots here. There's going to be opportunities against this old Miss team. The question is, can the big boys up front block? They've been bad. The offensive line has been extremely rough to watch. I mean, 37% stuff rate at the line of scrimmage against them. They're 118th in sack rate allowed. Um, it's not been pretty up front for Alabama. They've got to get better. Um, if they can hold up up front, then this game becomes wide open. There's some questions around Dart. You know, he offers a dual threat, I think, in this opportunity. But I'm rocking Alabama here at the seven. I've gone ahead and placed the wager. I Blaine Kiffin does typically give Saban a bit of a hard time, but I think this year's Ole Miss team, I'm not quite sold yet. The Ole Miss defense is progressing. It's going to continue to get better, but I think that there are some vulnerabilities here that, that Alabama will be able to take advantage of. And I have gone ahead and, and laid a bet uh, on Alabama. All right. A game that I'm excited about Oregon state versus Washington state. And this is where our future bets really get tested. We are very high in Oregon state. Dante and myself both bet them to win the Pac-12 to go over their win total. This is a real test for them in Washington State. Washington State's been pretty good against the run defensively, but they have not seen an offensive line like this. Yes, Wisconsin's offensive line is good, but they are changing their blocking scheme. They're changing their offensive philosophy. Things are much more fluid there as they try to learn that system. So not the best test. 
you're getting some maulers with this offensive line. Oregon State is going to look to control this game on the ground. They are proficient in running uh, the ball. They will beat you up front. And so the real part here is can DJ, when called upon, hit his spots and step up? And he's been pretty good um, given he's seeing about 30% pressure on his dropbacks. Not great. Um, So for as good as Oregon State is in the run game, they have been not as good expectation-wise in pass blocking. They're going to have some opportunities against this Washington State offense. Um, And then when I flip the ball, this is going to be a really important mile marker for Oregon State. Um, I don't think Washington's going to be able to run the ball against this front. Oregon State has managed to get some really good pressure. I mean, they got 12 sacks on the season right now. They had 20 all of last year. They've made improvement. They're getting after it. The question marks are at corner. Safety plays pretty good, but what are these corners going to look like? This gives us a real good test to see if our bets are in good stock. Like, it, it, are these solid? Because depending on how these corners play in this game is going to give us faith or not as to whether these future bets are going to hit and kind of where this Oregon State team is defensively. Um, There's going to be some opportunities for Washington to kind of push the ball against them. But because of that run game, because of the ability to to control the clock, because I don't have a ton of faith in Washington State's offense to be able to block things up front, I did go ahead and take Oregon State at minus three. Um, So that is a bet I placed. Another fun game on the schedule, Iowa versus Penn State. I was really excited for this game. For a whole host of reasons, I've become less excited based off watching Cade McNamara play at at Iowa and kind of coming to the realization that that knee is not healthy, that there's not a ton of faith um, in his legs there. It it seems almost painful to try to drive the ball down the field, and I feel for the kid. If Cade was in good health, this game became vitally important for understanding what Penn State is as a team, because you're going up against a really good Iowa defense, which we get a real test against this Penn state offense. I wasn't overly thrilled with drew Lar last week in the Illinois game. I thought he missed some things. Um, it was a fine performance. I was shocked by how little push this offensive line is getting. It was a concern in the, in the preseason, but they weren't getting great push against that Illinois team. Um, but the bigger concern is the defense because Penn State's really got to rely on this defense. And it's a great defense across the board with the one exception of the interior defensive line. And with if Cade were healthy and you could run and have a viable pass option, this was really going to test Penn State because m- this isn't really becoming a test anymore, I don't think. Manny Diaz is a very aggressive defensive coordinator. His philosophy is essentially, we've got athletes, let's trust our athletes. He's going to blitz. He's going to let guys play free. And if you can't threaten the pass game, they're going to load the block, the box. They're going to have a heavy blitz rate. It's going to be really hard to kind of get a fair assessment of this team because you're not, you're not really going to, they're going to be able to mask the deficiencies on that interior defensive line, I think, in this game. And that's unfortunate because I really wanted to see that test for when they play a Michigan because that's the big hurdle because Michigan does have the ability to throw the ball and run the ball and be maulers up front. And I really wanted to get a good kind of measuring of what this Penn State defense of line was going to be against a pretty comparable team, obviously downgraded compared to Michigan, but a a very similar philosophy 
And, and that just isn't going to happen. I didn't bet the game. I may sprinkle a little on Iowa just in the fact that they have such a good defense. I wasn't overly impressed with Penn State and the offensive line play there. Um, that'll be a game time decision. We'll tweet it out at Trophy Kids Pod on Twitter and Instagram. Um, but that's that one. Ohio State Notre Dame line is set at three over under 55 and a half. And folks, this is a fun one. This is a really, really good matchup. I've been very excited for this game. I cannot wait to watch Sam Hartman go against this offense or defense in Ohio State. Jim Knowles is a really good defensive coordinator. We're very high on him. I'm very high on him. The edge rushers for Ohio State are really good, I believe, and they're going to get a great test against this Notre Dame front. The interior of the Notre Dame offensive line provides some concerns. The tackles, though, are very good. Right tackle has been a little weaker than I thought, but the blind side of Sam Hartman is going to be protected, which is good because let's see what Sam Hartman can do. If you're a Heisman better for Sam Hartman, this is a make-or-break game. Um, right now, Sam Hartman is number four in yards per pass attempt. You've got a really good running back um, in Estime, I think. I mean, he's eighth in average yards per carry, 12th in yards from the line of scrimmage. He's a big back. He's a bruiser. He's going to help wear down this Ohio State defense. Um, the O-line, though, like I said, the interior, it is questionable. Four sacks against North North Carolina State is not what you wanted to see. Um, there's been consistent pressure up up the middle um, for this Notre Dame team. So let's see what that looks like. You flip the side, and this is a very simple evaluation, at least for, for me. And I think Freeman's going to do this. It's load the box and make this Ohio State team beat you down the field. On passing yards 10 yards or more, they're 11 for 29 so far this season. There's not a lot of confidence there in Kyle McCord, um, in my opinion. So I think you just simply, you do not want this stable of running backs that Ohio State has to get going um, because they are very good. So I think the evaluation is simple. Load the box, make them beat you deep down the field, which is kind of incredible. They haven't been able to do that with the wide receiver talent they have. Um, and if you can do that, I think Notre Dame has a shot here. If they don't, this could this could turn ugly quickly. Um, I want to believe be a believer in Notre Dame. There are rumblings that Ohio State is going to be about fifty percent of that crowd. That is not good. Um, if that is true, I haven't laid a wager yet. I'm thinking about it right now. There's a lean towards Notre Dame. Um, I want to break this down a little bit more. So we're going to tweet this out. This is going to be a pick I tweet as well. So make sure you're following at Trophy Kids Pod on Instagram and Twitter. Um, but this is this is going to be a fun game. I, I have some high expectations for this. Let's see what the wide receiver separation looks like too for Notre Dame. Um, that'll be interesting. Could be a, an opportunity for some good live bets. Sam Hartman's the dude. If, if it's not this year, I don't know how what it's going to take to really break through for Notre Dame in the, in the Freeman era. This is a really tough schedule. He's got here much tougher than anything. Brian Kelly faced at his time at Notre Dame. They got to show out well here. Um, the season is not necessarily lost with this game, but it could be won with this game because you build a lot of confidence here. If you can get this win moving forward, when you have to play USC um, and some other teams down the road, 
let's get this Notre Dame. Let's get this win. Um, so that that is that game. Um, I'm looking across the board. I, I don't have any other particular thoughts right now um, on some games. There are some that are still iffy, like the over in the Maryland-Michigan State game. Um, I've got a, a bit of a lean there. One team we do need to start to talk about, though, is Oklahoma. They are flying way under the radar. Their offense is looking fan-freaking-tastic. Now, their level of competition hasn't been fantastic, but it's it's performed really well. Um, the defense has come a long way from where it was last year. They're tackling much better. Fewer missed tackles. They're getting upfield. This Oklahoma team... Texas needs to watch out because it feels like they're flying way under the radar. We're going to break them down in greater detail here in the upcoming weeks. But folks, be watching out for Oklahoma here. They're a 13-point favorite against uh, University of Cincinnati this week. I don't have a pick on the game, but watch out for them. They're coming, I feel like, down the tracks, and that's going to provide a very interesting game uh, further in the season. So those are my thoughts. Real quick podcast. Um, we're, we're, we're trying to get Dante back on all is well there. It's just, he's been incredibly busy. So hopefully we can get him back on next week. This is going to be an awesome game. I've reserved my couch for the week. We're ready to rock and roll. It's going to be a lot of fun. Hopefully the betting season is, is going well. Make sure to check out the NFL podcast. And as always, peace.